You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Good, good, good. I love Wednesday nights. Thank you for being here. You know, it's, it really is a sad thing, but there's many, many churches you can go to and, and many different denominations, but they're more of a shot in the foot than they are a shot in the arm. This is always a shot in the arm to me. I love that we can have fun, that we can pray together, cry together, laugh together, learn together. And uh, so thank you so much for being here. Oh, and be honest with each other. So let's be honest with each other. How many of you even recently have read your Bible and when you were done, okay, no, I'm just, yes, I have, yes. You've read your Bible, but once you were done, you thought, I have no idea what I just read. Okay, all right. Now, how many of you, how many, and notice, notice, Brother Hibbets, how, how long have you been saved, sir? Decades. Decades. Longer than I've been alive. But you still have days where you read the Bible and, okay, hold up, hold up. What's going on? What is Isaiah talking about, right? Sure, sure. Sometimes after you read the commentary, they make things worse. You're like, what, 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 what? What are you talking about, Matthew Henry? You know, no, he's, he's pretty good. But now how many of you have read your Bible and you, you don't get anything out of it, you don't retain anything, and you feel like you're alone in that? You feel bad about it. Okay, all right. Well, you don't. You don't. Look, you're, you are not alone. Look, look, and we just preached about that on Sunday morning, didn't we? I could have added that one. But I'm preaching tonight on the question, do you understand? Do you understand? And that's the question that Philip asked this man understandest thou what thou readest. Now, I remember hearing a certain phrase in school very often. And it was usually said right after somebody raised their hand to ask a question, especially if it was a really smart student that raised their hand. The teacher would say something along the lines of this, hey, pay attention, pay attention. If so-and-so has a question, chances are some other people might have a question. And I remember standing up one time and saying, you know what, I resent that a little bit. You know, I, I have a pretty good grasp of history, and, you know, I'm a good student in history. I get good grades in history. So-and-so's question doesn't speak for me. It was then that the teacher told me I was in Algebra two class, but, you know. No, I'm just kidding. None of that ever happened. None of that ever happened. I never made it to Algebra two. But it, it is very... <laughs> It's very true that when somebody has a question, chances are somebody else is going to have that same question. Especially in church. If somebody has a struggle, some other people are going to have the same struggle. I'm not really going to be, this isn't, I'm not going to swing from the chandeliers out in this one. I, I just want to help tonight. Just recently, I've had a few people mention they struggle when they read their Bible and, and understanding it and retaining what they read. And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. How educated we may be, we all share in this struggle. We all have times when we read the Bible and we think, I don't know. I don't know what I just read. Now, I'm not talking about a struggle that comes from a lack of care or a lack of time spent in God's word. And let that be a rebuke to us if the shoe fits. If we are not spending time in God's word, if we have a lack of focus when we read God's word, then do not be surprised when we don't understand what we read. However, even those who care very greatly 
even those um, who spend both quality and quantity time in God's word still have many instances uh, where they are asking, what did all of that mean? And this, has been, this has been happening for a long time, so we cannot feel alone in it. And it's not because the Bible is too hard to understand. That's not it at all. It's simply because we are carnal, and the Bible is a spiritual book. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, listen to this, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And we have to remember that even after we are saved, we are still dealing with this. We are still dealing with the, nat uh, the natural man. Galatians 5 says, the spirit lusteth against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. And these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's why the verse before that tells us because we have both the flesh and the spirit, we are to choose, actively choose every day to walk in the spirit. Because if we don't, just naturally we are going to walk in the flesh. When you're walking in the flesh and when you're reading the Bible according to the flesh, you're not going to get anything out of it. Now, 2 Peter, written to believers, even he mentions in his book, there are some portions of Scripture, and he's talking about Paul's writing specifically, says there are some portions of Scripture in which are some things hard to be understood. So it's always going to be a struggle that we have because as long as we struggle with the flesh, we're also going to struggle with the spiritual discernment that it's going to take in order to understand the Bible. Now in this passage that we read in Acts chapter 8, we are introduced to a man who's reading the Bible and yet not understanding what he's reading. In this specific case, the man is not saved. And that certainly contributes to the, to the reason why he is not understanding. Nevertheless, we can all learn learn some valuable lessons from him. I want to give you three of them. First off, I love that his lack of understanding didn't keep him from reading the Bible. Even though he wasn't understanding what he was reading, he was still reading. Another thing I really like, he was reading out loud. I'll tell you, there are, the Bible says in verse 30 that Philip heard him reading from Isaiah. I, and I will tell you just a little tip here or a hint, something that has worked for me. There have been times where I've read through a chapter and I, I don't understand. I read through it again. I don't understand it. I stop. I get alone somewhere and I read it out loud. And it makes me, it makes me stop and read it. Pause at the commas. Pause at the end of the verses. And it helps when you read it out loud. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's something powerful in when, the, when the Bible is read out loud. Unfortunately, though, when Christians read their Bible and they don't understand it, a majority just stop reading. They stop reading their Bible. They feel discouraged. They feel embarrassed. Sometimes they feel dumb. And so they either lose their enthusiasm in reading their Bible or they lose their desire in reading their Bible altogether. The devil can even take it so far as to make you doubt your salvation because you're not understanding the Bible. Now let's stop right here and think for a moment, and I kind of just gave it away. But who do we think that discouragement comes from? Who do we think is cruel enough to make a person feel embarrassed after giving a genuine effort to understanding God's word? And who are we giving the victory when we neglect the reading of God's word? And I've heard it all, I, but I read and I read and I read and I read and I get nothing out of it. Well, it's an issue. It really is. 
I'm not saying it's not an issue. It is an issue. This is a battle between the flesh and the spirit that we cannot afford to lose. And any battle is not going to be easy. The world will never respect a book that we neglect. So the devil is going to do everything he can to get us to neglect. So it is an issue, but what I'm bringing out is it's a common issue. And it's nothing to be discouraged about. It's something to be challenged about. When you first go to work and they hand you all the user manuals and they tell you this is what you're doing, this, this, and this, and your mind just starts bouncing back and forth, you don't say, I quit. No, you put yourself into it you, and, and you get into it what you, or you get out of it what you put into it. So why wouldn't we do that with the Lord? Why wouldn't we do that with his word? It's no reason to feel dumb. It's no reason to feel embarrassed. We all struggle with it, but here's where some of us differ. There are some people that see that struggle as a reason to close their Bible, and there are some people that keep their Bible open. And you can't close your Bible without closing other things. When you close your Bible, you are closing your ears to God's speaking, you're closing your eyes to God's working, and you're closing your heart to God's leading. You need to keep your Bible open. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 55. Keep your place in Acts chapter 8, but I want to show you this in Isaiah 55. Just want to be an encouragement to you to keep reading your Bible even on those days where you see Deuteronomy coming up or Leviticus or um, Ecclesiastes, which we're talking about on Sunday night. If I can get my, 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 through my study on it, that is an interesting book. Isaiah and Jeremiah, I mean, we are really going to slow down on those books. And we're going, to take, we're going to take our time with it. But here we are in Isaiah. Look here in chapter 55, verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth... And maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of thy mouth, my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Do you believe it's God's will when you read your Bible for you to get something out of it? Do you believe that it's God's will for you when you read your Bible for it to bring profit to you in some way? Now, it can be frustrating when you don't see tangible profit. There are some days where the Bible jumps off the page and slaps you in the face. And there are some other days, and, and sometimes days in a row, where you don't get anything out of it. Now, maybe you go to Ruth, or maybe you go to Psalms, and you always get something out of that. But you want to get something out of Isaiah, where you are. You want to get something out of Lamentations. You want to get something out of, of a different place. You, you have your books that really speak to you, but... There's a book in front of you that you want to learn about. Let me tell you about this. Many of you have heard this illustration before. There's a young man that went up to a, a preacher and said, I read my Bible and I don't get anything out of it. So the preacher took him back to his shed. And in that shed, there was this dusty, dirty old sieve. And the preacher lived next to a creek. And he said, son, I want you to take the sieve. I want you to take it down to the creek. And I want you to bring me back some water. So what's going to happen? The young man goes down, dips it in the water, brings it back up by the, times he, by the time he gets back to the preacher. How much water has he retained in the sieve? None. The preacher says, go again. Dip it again. So he goes and dips it again. He keeps on doing this six or seven times. The young man comes back and says, this is pointless. I'm not retaining any water. 
And the preacher said, yes, but you have a very clean sieve. You might not be retaining some things that you are reading, but the water of the word running through you, running through your mind, running through your, your heart is going to have a difference. So don't, don't just say, oh, well, I'm just going to read and let it wash through and I don't need to retain anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying do not be discouraged. Do not let the devil come and lie to you and say, close your Bible, you're not getting anything out of it. You are getting something out of it, trust me. Second thing I like, he wasn't afraid to ask for help. So if we go back to Acts chapter 8, we see that Philip runs up to him, asks him, understandest thou what thou readest? And he says, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired him. He desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened, or so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Oh, man, that's good. And remember what I told you throughout the whole Through the Bible series, when you're having a hard time understanding what is the one question you ask yourself? Where's Jesus? Where is he? There's a chapter in Genesis that I was going over and over. Just why is that chapter in the Bible? I think it's chapter 14. Don't look now, but um, it's 14 or 15. Why is that chapter in the Bible? It's just kind of this random story of Abraham rescuing Lot from Sodom. It's just why I understand that it's 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 a it's a interesting story, but it just didn't seem to move the narrative along at all. You know why? Melchizedek. Melchizedek is in that chapter. Do some study on Melchizedek. He wasn't afraid to ask for help. Questions don't reveal a lack of knowledge; they reveal a wealth of wisdom. Questions don't mean we're slow to learn; they mean we're ready to learn. The one who is able to give a lot of answers first had to learn how to ask a lot of questions. It is normal to not have all of the answers. It is simple to know where to find the answers. It is inexcusable to live without answers because we're too proud to ask for help. Let me say that again. It's normal to not know all of the answers. It's fine. It's simple to know where to find the answers. That we should definitely know. But it is, it is inexcusable to live life without answers because we are too proud to ask for help. Think about the two men in this story. The Bible describes the Ethiopian as a man of authority. No, no. Great authority. One of the cabinet members, if you will, of the uh, Ethiopians, uh, of the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure. So what do we learn about, what do we learn about this man with that description right there? Would you agree he's highly educated? He's highly respected. When he spoke, people listened. He was highly trusted. He had charge of all of her treasure. Philip was certainly educated, probably not as formally. Philip was certainly respected in the church, but he didn't hold the status in society that the Ethiopian man did. The Ethiopian is riding in a chariot, and Philip is just kind of walking alongside. You have the Ethiopian who would have been dressed in fine clothing. Philip is probably wearing one of the only pairs of clothes that he has. You have the Ethiopian sitting in, in his chariot, 
in comfort and calm, and you have Philip running up, probably out of breath. Understandest thou what thou readest? Now, nine times out of ten, what does the Ethiopian say? Who are you? Go away. I don't know who you are. Do you know who I am? Go away. If I don't understand it, surely you're not going to understand it. I will figure it out on my own. But no, I can picture him instead smiling. I can picture him smiling at Philip and saying, how can I? Except some man guide me. And he asks, he asks for Philip, would you teach me? This respected, rich, regal Ethiopian scoots over in his chariot and invites that simple but spirit-led man, Philip, to come up and show him what the Bible says. There's something so special about humility. The best way to be like Jesus is to be humble. And I do not think it was a coincidence that the man who just showed humility while reading his Bible is reading in his Bible about Jesus, how Jesus humbled himself. I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man. And for the first time through Philip's guidance, Jesus comes into full view. I believe that Ethiopian would be in hell today if he didn't ask for help. Now, perhaps we're here tonight and you're saved, but what are you missing? What treasures of God's word are being hidden from your view, obscured from your view. This Bible is an ocean of truth. And no matter who we are, where we come from, you could dive into this book for a thousand lifetimes and you would not come to know the treasures of it. But let it never be said that we missed something or we failed to understand our Bible because we were too proud or too afraid to ask for help. Church, I want you to know you can text me, you can call me anytime. I am here for you. I am here because of you. If I am too busy for you, I am too busy. And if you are not growing in God's word, if you're not growing in your knowledge of God and his word in this church, then I'm failing you. Now, part of my vision is to have a bookstore where you can have access to tools. Even though I, I would love to have a church library where you could come and you could check out things and uh, where you could have some good music. But my wife and I built, um, built furniture for a little bit. It was a dark time in our life. And um, the first, the first uh, and every time I see this pulpit, I mean, just this beautiful carpentry, um, it puts me to shame. But the first table that I made, it was awful. Uh, I just called it rustic. And you get away with a lot of things when it's rustic. There's staples hanging out, everything, and things aren't matching up together. The angles are all wrong. Now, was I a horrible carpenter? Partly. Um, but I, I, knew how to, I knew the basics. I knew how to read a ruler. I knew how to use a circular saw, all of those different things. But you know what the big thing was? I didn't have the right tools. I didn't have the right tools. And as I go, it wasn't really my skill that was growing. It was every time I went into Lowe's, Brother Keith was there, and he said, this is what you need, this is what you need. Oh, there's a better clamp for that. There's actually a tool that angles in for when you uh, want to drill a hole and everything. I got the right tools. There are tools out there that you can use. There's books. There's preaching. Don't neglect preaching despise not prophesying. There are some areas in the Bible where I have read over them over and over and over and a preacher gets up and he preaches it and he doesn't say anything that I've never heard before and the light just turns on because it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching. There's the pastor. There's people in the church. 
The big one is prayer. That's a big one. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. But here's the last thing I'll bring out, and I'm done. Along with the desire to pray and to read and to learn and to understand and retain God's word, there has to be something more than that. There has to be more than a desire. There has to be a determination to obey it. Lord, I want to understand so that when I understand, I will change. That, that is what has to happen. So think of this Ethiopian man here. This man goes from reading his Bible and not understanding it to asking, which then brings an understanding. And as soon as he has an understanding, he's obeying it. See, here is water. What doth hinder me? What doth hinder me to be baptized? So we talked about the Ethiopian eunuch. We talked about Philip. There's another character. There's another person active throughout this story right here. It was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit of God that told Philip in the midst of, if you study this out, one of the most crowded streets from Jerusalem. It was the Holy Spirit that told Philip, go, go near and join yourself to this, this chariot, that one person. Now, who can give a better understanding of the scriptures than the Holy Spirit? He wrote it. He wrote the Bible. If you're wanting to know a question about something in one of your textbooks or manuals, find the author. The author is given to you. So you pray and you ask, the Holy Spirit tells Philip, go and find this man. Why did the Holy Spirit single him out? Was it because he was reading? Yes, but not only because he was reading, not only because he was humble, it's because God saw he had a willing heart. He had a willing heart. Lord, when I do understand, I will change. And why would God speak if we're not going to listen? Have you ever had an argument with somebody before and you just give up and you say, you're not listening, so I'm going to stop talking? Do you think the Holy Spirit wouldn't do that with us? Now, he is patient. That is certain. <laughs> he is very patient. But if we're not going to listen, turn to Amos. Uh, no, no, no. Just let me turn there for sake of time. No, let's turn there for sake of time. Come on. It's church. Let's go. Amos chapter 8. I want us to see it. Talking about reading our Bible, and I'm going to let you out of reading your Bible. No. Amos chapter 8. During Amos' ministry, the people of Israel showed a pattern of not listening to God's word. Now, of course, Amos was contemporary with a lot of other prophets, so we saw that pattern all throughout Scripture. But as Amos is preaching, they even go so far at one point to say, prophesy not against Israel. They told Amos, the land cannot bear your words. Prophesy not against Israel. They forbid him to preach anymore. So that leads God to give this answer. Okay, humans, you're going to tell me you're not going to listen? You're not even going to let my pastor speak? You're not even going to let my preacher tell, me your, tell, tell you my words? Look in verse 11. Behold, the days come saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro, 
to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. And this isn't my message, but we're going to keep reading into verse 13. And that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. Do you know who, who is affected the most when God's people don't listen to his word? The young people. Do you want to know why we're losing the next generation? Because we're not listening to God's word. When there is a famine of God's word, the young people are going to think, well, if it wasn't good enough for them, why am I going to waste my time? Give me that old time religion. If it was good enough for them, it's good enough for me. As much as we should be bothered by reading our Bibles and not understanding, we should be terrified by understanding and not obeying. Listen to these verses here. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. It's like the motto of 2020. But it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Did it stop the rains from blowing? No. Rain still descended, flood still came, winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Wise man and foolish man, didn't we just learn about that in Proverbs? Didn't we just learn about the wise and the foolish man? Didn't we just learn that wisdom crieth without? How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? Turn you at my reproof. Turn, that's the first step. Turn you at my reproof. I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Take away the turning at his reproof. You think he's going to pour out his spirit? Think he's going to make his words known? Now, I'm not saying to all of you that raised your hand at the beginning that you have some moments where you don't understand your Bible. Well, examine ourselves. Consider our ways. But turn you at my reproof. There needs to be that determination in our heart. Lord, when I read something and I see that my life is here and your word is here, I am not going to ignore it. I'm not going to try to scoot your word over this way. I am going to move my life to match your word. Turn you at my reproof. I will, make, I will pour my spirit out unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have set it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Reading the Bible, studying the Bible is a noble endeavor. It is an incredible treasure hunt. 
a hunt that you will be able to go on for the rest of your life. And as I have heard some people recently in all sincerity saying, I need help with understanding my Bible. Hey, we can help with that. You know why? Because there's one thing that we can't help with. I cannot help a heart determined to obey. But there is help for a mind that is seeking for answers. There is help for a heart that is wanting to know more about the Lord. If you don't understand everything when you read your Bible, welcome to the club. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And are you willing to obey when God speaks? Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.